Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Band of History, where I am pleased to introduce a fresh series of mini-episodes delving into the myriad of rarities nestled within the band's expansive musical catalog. Embarking on this journey, we shall navigate through the world of B-sides, unearthed treasures, alternative renditions of band classics, each revealing a spectrum that spans from the iconic to the hidden jewels and unpolished gems. Today, we explore the band's Orange Juice Blues. In the creative whirlwind of February 1967, Richard Manuel wrote Orange Juice Blues. A period of almost effortless production for Manuel wasn't a surprise. 1965 and 1966 found Manuel, along with his bandmates in the Hawks, jet-setting across the world on Bob Dylan's world tour. Playing for thousands of people nightly and adjusting to massive upgrades in living, Manuel, who always fancied himself a writer, got to see a prolific and successful songsmith in Bob Dylan up close. As Bill Avis, a longtime road manager for the Hawks and Dylan, relayed to the band of history, nightly after the show, upon boarding the private plane, Dylan would sit down at his typewriter fervishly typing away, most nights not even showering after the show. The words yearned to be typed on the paper. With the sudden halt in touring due to Dylan's infamous motorcycle crash in July of 1966, the Hawks went back for a short period of time doing their old touring circuit, playing roadhouses and bars, and backing others like a stint with Tiny Tim. Seeing the potential in the Hawks still, Dylan invited them to Woodstock, New York, to join him in February of 1967 to work through new material. Settling off the road, Manuel could focus on writing, and he didn't waste much time in doing so. Daily, he would write new material and new song ideas, some of which he worked on with Bob Dylan, some for the eventual band and their first studio album. It was amid this artistic surge that Manuel conceived Orange Juice Blues. Richard worked on the structure of the song, taking heavy inspiration from his influences like Bobby Blue Bland, Ray Charles, and Helen Wolfe. The blues and the smooth rhythms of soul music were something that Manuel gravitated towards. Not only was it pleasurable to the ear, but the genre sensibility spoke to his sensitive side. A shyness was ever-present in Manuel, and his songwriting was an outlet for his emotions. Fast forward to the end of 1967 and into 1968, after spending months in the basement of Big Pink with Dylan, the Hawks secured their own record deal with Capitol Records, meaning they needed their own original music to craft for their first studio album. The pressure was on, and making a good first impression was paramount. 
The initial 1968 demo of Orange Juice Blues featured just Richard Manuel and bassist Rick Danko in an unadorned, emotionally charged performance. Danko's bass seamlessly intertwines with Richard's piano, creating a profound sonic foundation. The piano's rhythmic exuberance contrasts intriguingly with the song's more vulnerable and somber lyrics, offering listeners a glimpse into the intricate workings of Manuel's mind, perhaps a reflection on his inner turmoil. In retrospect, the song bears a profound significance. Its lyrics provide a window into Manuel's psyche, with the second verse in particular serving as a poignant reflection on his emotional landscape. I've had a hard time waking most mornings And it's been that way for a month or more You've had things your way but now I've got to say On my way out the door The transitions from the verses into the chorus is a masterful orchestration of Manuel's artistry. His delicate piano modulations and the dynamic contours of his voice create a breathtaking journey where each note and phrase holds you spellbound, hanging on his every word. Why don't you get right? Try to get right, baby. You haven't been right with me. Why don't you get right? Try and get right, baby. Don't you remember how it used to be? Now, the omission of Orange Juice Blues from the band's late 60s studio albums raise questions, the answers to which lie in several factors. The demo's raw blues essence contrasts with the band's evolving artistic trajectory of the time. As mentioned, they were guided by Bob Dylan and his influence. The band went on a journey beyond their blues roots, embracing experimentation and genre fusion, a path that definitely defined their unique sound. In musical context, Orange Juice Blues, though lyrically captivating, may have also appeared too straightforward. In hindsight, a pedestrian thought, but a self-conscious young band may have jumped to such hasty conclusions. There's also the argument to be made in a group of louder personalities vying for leadership in Levon Helm and Robbie Robertson, Manuel often deferred, simply letting his contributions get trampled over. And over nearly the next decade, the original demo gathered dust, until its inclusion in the 1975 studio release, The Basement Tapes. Ironically, this release, though celebrated, only partially captured the essence of the original tapes recorded by Bob Dylan and the band in The Basement. Orange Juice Blues is a primary example of this. As the original demo underwent transformation through overdubbing, recorded almost a decade later. Manuel's solitary voice and piano paired alongside Danko's bass were augmented. Robbie Robertson introduced lead electric guitar, Levon Helm contributed drums, and Garth Hudson enriched the composition with organ and saxophone.
incompetent, always, alters the song's essence, possibly diminishing its overall impact. The incorporation of drums and bass introduces a rhythm that contrasts with the heartfelt nature of the original demo. The inclusion of guitar and saxophone solos, while enjoyable, appear extraneous, lacking a genuine resonance with the lyrical themes. A well-orchestrated solo should ideally offer a captivating juxtaposition to Manuel's poignant verses. Nonetheless, it must be acknowledged that Robbie Robertson's timbre is exquisite. His guitar playing is gentle, it's inviting and flowing, meriting a note. That 1975 version was what audiences had of Manuel's delicate 1967 composition for decades, at least until the millennium. The original demo was released in 2000, some 20 plus years after Manuel's tragic passing, and garnered resounding praise. Noted author Barney Hoskins hailed Orange Juice Blues as a testament to the band's astonishing musical breath, commending the lively barroom R&B style of the performance. And Nick DiRizio stated quite eloquently that, you hear the band taking the first step in what would become an endlessly intriguing journey. In conclusion, the song Orange Juice Blues stands as a remarkable junction where streams of creativity, introspection, and musical evolution converge. It serves as a compelling testament to the profound artistic odyssey undertaken by Richard Manuel, the tragedy of it in some cases, woven though intricately into the rich tapestry that we know of the band's enduring legacy. Why don't you get right, try and get right, baby, don't you remember how it used to be? hope you enjoyed this mini episode of the band of history this new series is really an opportunity for us to look back at some of the tracks as mentioned in the intro that we don't necessarily talk about a whole lot it's something that folks who have been listening to the podcast for a long time have asked me to do amongst other series and i'm hoping to do these not only are they fun and reveal songs uh, for the first time in a new way for me as somebody writing the show, um, but hopefully it introduces some of these tunes to an audience who hasn't heard them. I can also get them out at a more regular clip as well, which is always helpful because I am forever behind writing and producing and releasing this show. So I really hope you uh, enjoyed the episode, even if it was short. If you want to follow along on social media, you can do so. We're on everything. Instagram, Facebook, X, which is formerly Twitter, and TikTok at The Band Podcast. If you also support the show, which I recommend you doing, 
You can do that at patreon.com slash thebandhistory. We have monthly live streams. We have a book club. We have exclusive early access to episodes and bonus materials, including bonus episodes that not everybody gets to hear, including a recent one with Colin Linden. Additionally, uh, you, you know, there's some additional writing there and some other great pieces. So consider becoming a patron. Supporting the show really means a lot. Also, uh, if you're listening to this, you've probably seen online that uh, I've been working on a show with Chest Fever at Massey Hall, the iconic venue in Toronto. Just did an episode on it. We're doing that show November 18th, and tickets are going fast. There's still some left, so if you're in the Toronto area or want to make a journey up just before the holidays or over the holidays if you're American celebrating Thanksgiving, consider it. Toronto is a great city. Massey Hall is an iconic venue. We would definitely like to see you there. Uh, it's a jam-packed lineup with Blast Waltz icons and blues brothers like Blue Lou Marini and Tom Bones Malone, to call a Linden who wrote with the band in the 90s, Mr. Telecaster himself, Albert Lee, Scarlett Rivera who played with Bob Dylan and I learned recently, played with the band once, Mark Ford from the Black Crows, and many more, including yours truly. I'm going to be getting up there and playing guitar on Ronnie Hawkins' classic, Ooh Do You Love. So, you know, if you want to come see me play, please do. You can find tickets at chessfeverofficial.com slash thelastwaltz. That was, uh, that's, that's it, guys. I really hope you enjoyed it. And we'll catch you on the next one in the first part of an ongoing series on uh, band outtakes, rarities, alt cuts, etc. See you later. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.